0: When when's the last time you bought a shady backdoor domain from a guy in Colombia?
1: Woo woo.
0: Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins.
1: It does. I When
0: when's the last time you bought a shady backdoor domain from a guy in (laughs) Colombia? Which was
2: FocusState.com, so the new podcast, but yeah. So I actually have a funny story around trying to buy a domain from somebody. Uh, Back in college, one of my roommates was really, really, really into uh, the EDM or electronic dance music scene. And so he wanted to start a blog. And this is when YouTube channels like Mr. Suicide's Sheep and things were starting to become bigger. But there is still room in that market to like tap into and you know try your hand at it and everything um so he wanted he wanted to do an edm blog and so i tried to buy the domain iheartedm.com that this guy was sitting on and he was asking i think it was like two thousand five hundred dollars for it or so and so first attempt was just me asking you know how much do you want for it or whatever and so he told me and said he's not really that interested in selling it or whatever so a week goes by <laughs> And I create a fake email address and claim to be from Earthquake Disaster Management, uh, saying that we wanted to buy a site uh, for oh those who God. are fans of oh our of our services. And uh, I didn't get a response. Uh, understandably so, but it was it was a fun attempt. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the goodness of his heart, it was, it was a nonprofit. Heart. Yeah, it was, it was a nonprofit. I Earthquake Disaster. I was just admin and it wasn't even, uh, it was EDM admin at gmail.com. <laughs> you no. should have called yourself webmaster. Yeah. It should have been webmaster. <laughs> <laughs> that so, uh, is absolutely beautiful. That was my, that was my attempt and, uh, didn't go so well. <laughs>
0: Uh, We have a trivia game to get to, and this is the very 16th episode ever, and uh, this is another round-robin game where all four of us bring our own round of trivia for the other three to answer. Uh, So if you are all ready, we will start with uh, Stu.
2: You're going first with your round. Awesome. Uh, So this topic was actually brought up several times in the last episode, which is interesting. Uh, So my topic is about famous orphans. Uh, This is going to be a normal round of trivia, uh, and it's... Basically, these are questions uh, that will describe either the achievements uh, or, you know, things that were distinguishing about these famous people. Uh, you will all have heard of all of them. Are these uh, real life or fiction? These are real life. These are, these are all real life famous people that actually were orphans. So where does uh, Batman fall into that scale? Uh, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to kick it off, and I'm going to give clues to who the people are uh, and buzz in whenever you're ready. Cool. Born in 1926, this icon of the 50s spent her childhood in foster homes until eventually marrying at the age of 16. She was a singer, actress, and model. Ryan. Ryan. Uh, boy, I have two. Okay. Uh, Hepburn. No. Uh, Rachel. Rachel. Rachel: It's
1: a Marilyn Monroe:
2: It is Marilyn Monroe. That was the other one I had uh, until she unex- um, but that's I mean that's, that's who you know she would go. I thought about using her real name in the question, but um, Norma Jean was, Baker Norma Jean Baker, right and she, she died unexpectedly in 1962 uh, and to talk a little bit about her orphanage so the reason she was an orphan uh, was because she actually the mother didn't necessarily know who the father was. Um, And after her mother was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, uh, she became a ward of the state. Oh, wow.
1: Fun fact. Prior, actually, um, that's in, no, actually, an interesting fact. There was a point in time not too long ago where any kind of mental condition was paranoid schizophrenia.
2: That's true. Whether
1: Mm -hmm. or not, even if it was just depression.
2: Right. That's very true. Which might have been the situation at hand. Um, you know, who knows what her actual problems were.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Man, I talked myself out of that one into Hepburn, but...
2: <laughs> Question number two. This famous musician was one of four individuals that rocked the world in 1960 and onward. He eventually was killed in 1980. Ryan. Oh, pick me. Ryan. Uh, Lennon. It was Lennon. Yeah. Uh, so his the reason he was an orphan was because his father was away at war um, and his mom actually didn't want to care for a newborn, so she left uh, him with his aunt and his uncle. Oh, wow. So he's oh. technically an orphan. Well, there's, there's some of these that it's like they're, they're orphans because their parents died and they were adopted by other family members, but they are sure. all orphans. They're not Batman. <laughs> so that's two points to Ryan. <laughs> Question number three. This person was one of the founders and acting CEO of one of the world's biggest companies, Steve Jobs. Uh, His his biological parents uh, were in college when they had him, um, and his mother put him up for adoption when her uh, father forbade her to marry his dad. Question number four. Born in 1895, this man's professional career lasted 22 seasons from 1914 through 1935. Rachel? Rachel? Babe Ruth. It's Babe Ruth. Wow, I didn't yes. even I thought that was um, going to be the harder one. Um, nice. I also thought Ryan was going to get it right away. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was sent to a reform reformatory and orphanage at the age of seven even though he actually did have parents uh his mom died when he was i think 11 or 12 um but his dad just like sent him off to the orphanage when he was seven and he spent yeah like i right it sucks right like so yeah so he spent the next 12 years there he was rarely visited by his family and like kind of rarely went home uh and then actually interesting fact about him so you know, he eventually developed cancer and died in 1948, but he was actually one of the first human subjects to be treated with both radiation and medicine at the same time for cancer, uh, and it was, for a little bit, really successful with him. Uh, question number five. Born in New York City in 1884, this woman was, quote-unquote, the most controversial first lady of the United States. She was a career-driven career driven woman in a time where married women rarely had jobs and was very vocal. It is Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, Yeah, she was really vocal about her support in the civil rights movement. Uh, Technically, yes. Um, But yeah, she was actually born into a a very wealthy family. Um, But her mom and dad died when she was really young. Her mom first, her dad a year later. And then she was raised by her grandmother.
0: I also had Jackie Kennedy in my head because you said career driven. And I had
2: to think in my head that it was the timeline didn't match up. (laughs) Right. 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 Um, I know that one, that was kind of the giveaway with, you know, first lady. There's only so, so many you could pick (laughs) for that, but question number six and the last question of the round, this author was born in Boston during 1809. His father, Ryan, Ryan,
0: Edgar Allan Poe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: You guys got those right away. (laughs) I actually specifically remember that one, the Boston one, and he was born in Boston, but he, his career, it wasn't until he was an adult that he went to Baltimore or the Maryland area. Cause he's kind of more famous for that area, but right. I remember him being born in Boston and, uh, very clearly, uh, or very historically known
2: as an orphan. Yeah. Right. I guess that's true. Yeah. He kind of was a, a more famous orphan, but yeah, his, uh, his father abandoned the family, uh, a year after he was born and then his mom died the following year after that. Um, and then he was actually never on paper adopted, but unofficially adopted by a family in Virginia, uh, who, kind of helped raise him and pay for part of his schooling. Uh, And that's actually where he took his middle name from was his adopted father's first name, Alan. Um, Hmm. And then he eventually died of many causes, including rabies at the age of 40. They don't really know why he died. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's from a (laughs) raven. It could have been.
1: The Raven.
0: (laughs) That was a good round. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Although I'm disappointed you didn't say that famous Potter kid. (laughs)
2: it was it was fact it wasn't fiction (laughs) all right rachel you're up
1: okay guys so with my fascination with language and um my having to delve into the legal world bit both voluntary (laughs) and involuntary (laughs) i have the common latin words and phrases we use i'm going to give you either a definition or a Uh, a saying, and you have to give me the Latin word or phrase. Okay. Oh. Okay. Ready? Question number one. Meaning elsewhere, you often hear the guilty say, no, I haven't blank. Oh, Ryan. Go ahead.
2: Alibi? Yes. Oh. I thought you said, no, I haven't blank.
1: I was trying so it sounds better if you say no I have a blank but that's not dramatically correct grammatically correct
2: I have no that's okay a
0: yeah I have an alibi yeah yeah no wait right. al- alibi is latin it is I guess that makes okay I guess I can see it It was okay. very
1: fun doing this research figuring out oh wait this isn't just a variant on latin like most of our languages yeah it is pure
0: actual so. cool. pure latin <laughs> Colombian Latin Colombian Latin, yeah
1: Of the purest grade. <laughs> Question number two An eye for an eye is an idiom Which is the equivalent of which Latin phrase?
2: Ooh An eye for an eye Stu Go ahead I don't think this is right But uh, like a tit for a tat? No Ryan...
0: Go ahead. I don't know it, but is it, is it v- just vi? Like to vi? No. No, no.
1: It is a phrase.
0: Oh, I have one more. Go ahead. I also don't think it's Latin, but it, is it mano y mano?
1: No.
2: Okay. Oh, that's... Yeah. Right, but it could also be.
1: I will give you one more clue if you guys want. Is It means sure. something for something.
2: Oh, uh, quid pro! Oh, Stu. Sorry, <laughs> I ruined it. I, I okay. took two. Uh, I'm not gonna go,
0: but I yeah. I will Stu. give
1: you um, two points there, Stu Cause that one was Are you hard. sure?
0: Because you got you did the second hit. He guessed once
2: as well.
1: Okay, That's fine. <laughs> the chorus speaks.
2: <laughs> I just it's this is the rules of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
0: quid pro quo? You said eye for an eye.
1: It's an idiom. Which it's is the idiom. equivalent oh. of which Latin phrase? Something so for something. For
0: this for that, or something for something. Yeah. An
1: eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Uh,
0: okay. I picked
1: up. I picked an eye for an eye because it is one of the most clear <laughs> idioms. That I think we quid have. pro
0: quo has a very different meaning. Yeah. Something for something. Yeah, that's my thought.
1: That's how it. The, the
0: way they're interpreted in English are very different.
1: <laughs> okay. Question number three. This word means caution or disclaimer. For example, yes, I will mow the lawn for you with the blank that you will do the dishes later.
0: I keep coming up with like fake Italian phrases in my head as I'm trying to come (laughs) up with some weird sayings.
1: Do you guys need a second clue?
2: Could, Could you repeat it the first time?
1: This word means caution or disclaimer. For example, yes, I will mow the lawn for you, ...with the blank that you do the dishes later. I I don't know. It is also one of two words that is present in the notable Latin phrase meaning buyer beware. I did not use this phrase here because I was scared that that second word would be too hard to get. But I'm just looking for the first word in that one, but it is still kind of plays into that it is just a disclaimer or a caution...
0: No, I don't have it. It's I mean,
1: caveat.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And
1: uh, Byer Beware is caveat emptor.
0: Nice. Interesting. Okay.
1: This next one might actually be the hardest one of the round. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Um, this phrase comes from Greek, and it means an unexpected intervention. It came from Greek originally because... The Greek plays, occasionally they would have a mechanical thing come onto stage bringing in the actors, so it was a surprise.
0: Can you say the last part again, a mechanical something?
1: So this is just a historical fact of where it came from. So this, this phrase was originally created in Greek um, because during the plays they would have the normal people on stage, and then to the audience's surprise, the, some. Uh, members of the cast would come out in like a machine and it would be, it's an unexpected intervention. Think of perhaps an act of God. Any guesses?
2: No. I need more iced coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It's slowing down.
1: Um, The phrase is deus ex machina.
2: Mm. Oh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So. What?
1: It me- so it basically is an unexpected intervention. So I think the direct translation would be like God is the machine or something like that. And so it so comes Deus
0: with would be God. God coming down, and then the machine comes acts, actually from but in the Greek. Machina. Okay. Yeah. Like God in machine
1: or something like that. I don't know the direct translation. Yeah. Huh. Okay. This next one. Either you will know it or you don't. There is only the <laughs> one clue. In wine there is truth
0: Mm, Ryan, (laughs) go ahead Mm -hmm. uh, i don't know it's not a real one is it Vina virtue
1: (laughs) i will give you half a point for that one okay it is in vino veritas
0: oh oh i know veritas okay
1: so i will give you half a point for this one okay
0: i believe veritas is actually the uh is technically the slogan or is like the the phrase at Harvard which essentially just means truth veritas. Yeah. Okay.
1: It like in French it's, um veritas truth.
0: Vina veritas?
1: In vino veritas. In vino in wine veritas. Wine there's truth. If you get someone drunk you're going to know the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Cool. Last question of the round. I did this cuz I wanted some self indulgence. <laughs> I'm tempted to not (laughs) let Ryan participate in this question, but I'm feeling nice. Meaning teacher of law. This is the full name of the degree conferred upon those who go to law school.
0: I think I know it, but I'll wait a second.
2: You can go right ahead by my count.
0: I only know the first, I only know, is it Juris juris Doctrine?
1: You're close, I'll give it to you. I
0: know Juris. It's
1: a Juris doctor.
0: Oh, doctor jurist, means doctor, teacher.
1: Jurist, Juris direct. Means
0: that's a direct translation. In
1: it, yes.
0: Oh, interesting. I, I think okay.
1: I think doctor is direct, or or it's a variation on doctor, but it means teacher. I was being very nice about in vino veritas.
0: <laughs> There's no truth in this wine.
1: <laughs> there is only a lot of compassion.
0: All right, so. This is my round and, uh, this round is about cooking. So just, uh, just a broad topic about different things related to food and cooking and techniques and everything there in lied. Uh, question number one, what is the term for cutting food into long, thin strips similar to matchsticks? Rachel. Julian. Yes. Two points to Rachel. (laughs) Uh, question number two, this one is actually going to have all of you in, uh, I need you all to, you don't have to write it down, but I need you to lock in an answer. Uh, so all three of you are going to go, uh, what is the highest number of stars that a Michelin rated restaurant can achieve? Stu? Four. Rachel?
1: Three.
0: All right. It is three. <laughs> Uh, question. Yeah, so you can have a three-star Michelin-rated restaurant, and there's actually at least one in Chicago. Nice. And uh, Athenia? Alenia. Yep. 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 Have you guys uh, seen the film Hundred Feet? Uh, no. What film?
1: I think it's called A Hundred Feet. It it's about the the Michelin restaurant in Southern France, and then um and then the Indian family moves in across the street to start their own restaurant. And it's mm. about the two restaurants, the Michelin-starred one, and the Indian one. And
0: I saw mm. one about a rat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh,
2: that's more up my alley, yeah. I believe it was animated. When you say Michelin, I think of tires. Like, I don't that's think, actually like, where it restaurant. came from. Yeah. Is it really? The,
0: the Michelin-rated restaurants actually came from, and this is a, my knowledge is a little loose, so no the tire company actually used this as a way uh to travel and to inspire travel and like road trips and things like that so they would actually do restaurant reviews and then i believe publish them in hopes to inspire uh i, I assume road trips or cars i don't know no if way. michelin really? tires yeah i don't know if michelin tires expand into plane tires or anything like that but uh yeah it was actually that's that's the roots that i came from also Island Chicago something? has
1: 22 Michelin starred restaurants.
0: Wow. Three starred?
1: Has uh, 22 starred restaurants. Um, Alinea is the only three star one.
0: Yeah. And I believe they've had it for at least 10 years. Or at least, I, I believe it. from 2010, if I, because I double checked this earlier, but something like that. Yeah. Question number three A pesto sauce should always include five ingredients. A pesto sauce should always contain five ingredients, including basil, olive oil, salt, and what other two? You must have both. Unpopular opinion. I don't like pesto. (laughs) That's fair.
1: It is respected.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or cheese. I don't know what it is about it. So most commonly with Parmesan, but there are also other uh, hard cheeses that can be added in. Uh, what scale is used to measure the spiciness of chili peppers?
2: Oh man, I've got...
0: It's the Scoville scale, yes. Question number five. What French term is used for the iconic trio of sweated onions, celery, and carrots?
1: Mm. Stew?
2: Uh, oh. Stew. I don't think this is right. Is it accoutrement? No, it's not Accoutrement. <laughs>
0: What French term is used for the iconic trio of sweated onions, celery,
2: and carrots? I can hear Babish saying it. (laughs)
0: Rachel?
1: I am very upset because I know it. Uh,
0: The iconic trio of onions, celery, and carrots are uh, mirepoix. Oh, yeah. All right. Question number six. And the last question of the game To ensure egg yolk doesn't start cooking when it's added into hot batter, you would pour a small amount of the batter. Stew. Uh,
2: Emulsify?
0: Not emulsify. This is the temper. So you pour a small amount of the hot batter into the egg yolk first, and then you combine the rest in. What is this technique called? That is temper. So that is the end of the game. Uh, that was fun. I love these round robins. The questions are always, always different. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, that's the end of the game. Uh, and we will move on to picks. Like I said, each episode, a couple of us give a pick for a movie game experience, anything like that, that, uh, we think the listeners would enjoy and would want to check out.
2: And, uh, Stu today, you have a pick. Awesome. I do. Uh, so if you're, you know, if you've listened to the show, uh, you know that I like video games. Uh, And one of my favorite channels on YouTube is a channel called Summoning Salt. Uh, This guy, it's a fairly small channel still, uh, and it's his later videos or his more recent videos are the best. And this channel dives into the history of certain games and speedrunning them. And it's not even a matter of, oh, this score was achieved when, you know, or at this time or whatever. It's the methods and techniques techniques that are used in game in order to achieve said results uh and done by who and what competition was going on in order for it to happen and this guy does i mean what's got to be hours and hours and hours of research on the history of each of these games and it's fascinating um he's entertaining he's to the point uh and all around just uh, very thorough in his research. And so if you have any remote interest in it, uh, definitely check it out. It's really enjoyable. Uh, once again the channel is called Summoning Salt and it's a channel talking about the history of speed running.
0: Nice. Well that's wonderful. Link, link that in the show. I remember hearing even recently uh the Mario 64 speed running which I there may be bigger ones, but that's probably the one that I hear the most of any speedrunning game and uh, all the differences between like there there are different star levels because like obviously in the game like you're collecting these stars and like you can complete it with uh, oh man i wish i remember the numbers off the top of my head it was something to, like 16 stars but then there's a way to beat it with zero stars which is basically never yep. completing a level but it's so almost impossible that even speedrunners almost never do it so whatever that was and i wish i remembered it off the top of my head i think it was 16 stars it's
2: sort of like the gold standard It is, yeah. Sixteen stars is uh, is the minimal amount that you need to basically beat the game, Um, you know, through through speedrunning techniques and everything. And he actually he has a video on uh, Super Mario sixty four, which is one of his best, Um, one of the most interesting ones to me. Really quick is actually about Mario Kart sixty four, the level Choco Mountain, Uh, and he (laughs) dives into there is a what is essentially called the frame perfect uh, spot that you can if you if you set yourself up right and got hit by something you can frame perfect move through the spot and basically start at the finish line and then just loop around and go through the finish line again and he dives into the history of that and the potential possibility of somebody doing it three times in a row to finish the entire race in less than a minute and it happens and it's amazing uh so he dives into that whole history and it's it's just awesome
0: that's really cool
2: (laughs) yeah Go check them out.
0: Well, nice. So that's Summoning Salt. Summoning Salt. Cool. And we'll have the link uh, in the show notes for sure. Uh, if you're listening at home and you have a pick that you think other listeners would enjoy uh, or a trivia topic idea, you should email them in to things that got wrong at gmail.com and check out the website at things to Check out past episodes and uh, show notes and more. Uh, the next episode will come out on April 15th. So finish your taxes and tune in and we will see you in the next episode. Bye.
2: Bye, everybody.